Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we have a packed show. Uh, we got a lot of stuff we got to cover and a very short amount of time to cover that stuff in. We're going to talk about what's going on in the Carolinas uh, and actually what's going on around the entire country uh, with this anti-gun movement. We're also going to talk about some stuff right here in the state of Texas uh, and focus on Texas when it comes to you know, we, we have the largest convention, the largest political convention in the world right here in the state of Texas. It's the Republican Party of Texas Convention. And this convention is going to be the convention that still in 2018 will not allow the log cap Republicans to participate in that convention. All right. So we're going to talk with all those people. Uh, we're going to I'm going to bring in the pre, the chairman for the law cabin Republicans of Texas. I'm going to bring in uh, the president for law cabin Republicans of Austin. I'm also going to bring in some YRs. Also going to bring in um, the Hill Country Young Republicans. So we're going to break all this stuff down for you. But first. Let's go to the Carolinas. Let's bring in Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson says law Biden citizens are the majority. He says, hashtag, I'm the majority. Let's go to Mark Robinson. Mark, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? I hear you great, Mark. How you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine. So, Mark, uh, earlier this week, you gave a statement, and we're going to hear that a little later on, but you gave a statement, and you you had some, you know, some words to say to your city council. So first, tell us what is going on in your part of the country. Well, uh, Greensboro, uh, this part of North Carolina, has always been a kind of progressive, uh, liberal area. We have a lot of universities in our in our city. Uh, I actually attend one of them. But uh, it's always been a liberal and, like I said, progressive area. But it seems like in the last few years that our city council, which used to be pretty uh, well-divided uh, Republican-Democrat, it's just gone completely left-wing. 
I don't think there's any uh, one on our city council even approaching the right. So uh, they uh, they pretty much got our city on lockdown as far as uh, politics goes. And for those people that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, the city council. And what's the name of this city, Mark? This is Greensboro, North Carolina. So we're talking Greensboro, North Carolina, and they're wanting to do what? One more time. Okay, they uh, they actually were talking about trying to ban our uh, Greensboro gun show, which has been going on uh, without any kind of violence or anything. We had one little incident where somebody stole some guns last year, but it's mm. been going on since 1970. Okay, now and- now listen to this little clip uh, where earlier this week. Mark gave this statement at his city council. I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody, never committed a serious crime, never committed a felony. I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. It's ridiculous. I don't think Rod Serling could come up with a better script. It does not make any sense. The law-abiding citizens of this community and many communities around this country, we're the first ones taxed and the last one's considered, and the first one's punished when things like this happens because our rights are the ones that are being taken away. All right, and that's Mark Keith Robinson. He's in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's talking to his city council about, you know, this needs to stop. We need to focus on the good guy, the law-abiding citizens. He said, hashtag, I'm the majority. So, Mark, tell him, you know, how did you get to that point? Well, uh First thing I want to tell all the listeners out there is this. I want to make this clear. I do not own a firearm. Um, I am I am currently in the market to buy a firearm. And that is kind of what led me into this meeting about with the city council and made my ears perk up to begin with because I, I have a lot of friends who are avid uh, gun collectors and gun owners. And uh, I have some friends who are out actual firearms experts. And I was asking a lot of them about where's the best place to go, what's the best place thing to buy. They told me to go to the gun show uh, because of the prices and the variety. So I said, okay, I'll go to the gun show. So I'm, you know, thinking, mulling on going. But then I hear one morning they, the city council said, we're going to try to ban this year's gun show because of what took place in Florida. And uh, me and my wife, we listen to the news every morning for the, you know, for the weather and stuff. And we heard that, and I, I was just incensed. I was incensed about it all day long. It really made me mad. I said, there's got to be something somebody can do to stand up for this. Then the city attorney told them that it was illegal for them to do that. And only the Coliseum director could ban the gun show. And it kind of died down So because I, I felt the gun show was safe. But then they called this meeting. And the they called the meeting under the guise of it was a meeting about gun violence and what could be done about gun violence. And uh, I heard about the meeting the day of the meeting. And uh, I started not to go because it was a very inconvenient time. The meeting's held at 530 when most working folks are driving home from work or still at work. But I made I, I rushed home, went down to the meeting, didn't intend to speak. 
But after hearing some of the stuff that I heard, some of the divisive rhetoric that I heard, I, I just couldn't hold back any longer. And, and it seems like when I went up, that everything that I wanted to say on the subject, I just I just let it fly because, like I said, I could not hold on to it anymore. And that's what led up to the entire thing. Now, and you're a conservative, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I've I've been a conservative uh, for many years. I actually was a I was a Democrat at one time, and I, I guess you wouldn't even call me a Democrat. I was the kind of guy that just went along and just kind of listened to the television until somebody challenged me and said, uh, uh, you should consider yourself and not and listen and read and, and come to understand these things. And, and once I was challenged and had to take a look at myself and who I was, then I, I suddenly discovered, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a liberal. I am a Democrat. Because, or I'm not a liberal. I am a, a, a conservative because I, uh, I believe in conservative principles and I believe in uh, I'm a patriot. I love this nation. Always have. I've always been a patriot of this nation. And uh, that was that was how I be, that's how I became a conservative and have been a conservative ever since for 30 plus years now. Hey, Mark, you know what they say. If you're not a liberal when you're young, you got no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're older, you got no brain. Say that one more time. Say it, say it again. <laughs> yeah, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you got no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're older, you got no brain. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, I like that saying. Yeah, because I'm telling you, you grow up and you, you see things the, the way they are. And like I said, when I was when I was kind of drifting through life and just kind of listening to the television and let the, letting the television make my decisions on who I voted for and letting the folks in Hollywood make my decision on uh, how I felt, uh, I did kind of, you know, I did lean left and I did vote Democrat. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, when I took a hard look at myself, I said, no, sir, that's not who I am. And I'm not going to be that person to satisfy anybody. I'm going to be who I am. Now, Mark, like I said, I've let me been ask a conservative ever since. Let me ask you this, okay? So, why why are you a conservative? Why would you not stay with the Democrat Party? Because I get that question all the time. Uh, why would you, you know, because the Democrats are supposed to be the party of the so-called minority. So, why would you, an African American male, decide to? Why would you go with the, with the Republican Party and vote, vote conservative? Well. I'll tell you why uh, on the surface. Uh, before I, I, when I first became politically aware, I became, I began to see that most, most of the Republican candidates agreed with my position, of course. My, uh, you know, what I believed in phys fiscal responsibility, strong military, patriotism, things like that. That's why I voted Republican. As time went on, however, and I began to study history because I'm a, I'm a history major in school. I'm studying to be a, a, a history professor uh, as we speak. Uh, I began to see the history of the Democratic Party. And the, the history of the Democratic Party in this country is a, it's just, it's just rife with racism. It's rife with this, uh, now what I call, I call it a paternalistic racism where you know, you can't survive without us. And they make all these laws, you know. I always put it like this. The Republican Party gave black people freedom. They built colleges. Well, you know, they, 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 they promoted the ideal that we are actually equal. The only thing that I've ever seen on a grand scale that the Democratic Party has given black people is welfare and housing projects. Mm. Now, that's just how I see it. A lot of people will not agree with that. 
but I can't think of one single solitary thing that the Democratic Party has actually done for, for black people as a whole in this country, specifically when you look at how much the Republican Party has done all the way from its inception up till now. So uh, that's why I'm a staunch Republican. I I can't think of a Democratic politician that I would ever push the button on. So. Now, what what are your thoughts about this? Um, uh, the kids, you know, with the walkout, the school walkouts and all that stuff, this movement that's going around the country. Now, as far as that goes, those those children, I, I think they're just being used. And it's very sad that these uh, leftists and these uh, these grown ups can't come up with a decent argument of their own. They can't come up with a, a real reason why they should be able to push this agenda to, to ban these weapons and to demonize the NRA. So they take these children and use them basically as political human shields and put them in front of them, you know, to draw people's sympathy and, and to block them from criticism. Uh, it's, it's very sad. And, and, and quite frankly, it's very evil for them to do that. I don't think that these children have any any place being put put uh, front and center in this debate. This is a, a, a debate that should be held between adults who understand the consequences of, of this of these movements. And these children simply don't, they cannot see it. Their minds cannot, they cannot wrap their minds around how important it is to preserve the freedoms that we have because they really have not had the time to experience these freedoms fully like many of the adults in this country have. And on top of that, most of those children, or I would say 99.99% of them, have not sacrificed one drop of blood for the freedoms that we have. Nor have they so even read the Constitution sad. itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're talking with Mark Robinson. He says, law-abiding citizens are the majority. He says, hashtag, I'm the majority. He says, you're the majority because you're a law-abiding citizen. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. And we're talking with Mark Robinson. He's from uh, North Carolina. He says that law-abiding citizens are the majority. He says, hashtag, I'm the majority. We're talking about all this protest, all the anti-gun stuff that's actually going around the country. And Mark says, hey, it, you know, we got to start thinking about the law-abiding citizens. We got to start thinking about those people who are doing the right thing. Why are we punishing the good guy? Why does the good guy always have to pay for when someone messes up? And so, Mark... How did you, uh, have you decided on getting your, you know, your first gun yet? I have not decided what I'm going to buy, but I definitely know that I am going to buy at least, at least two uh, firearms. Uh, I'm going to buy, probably buy a pistol and I'm going to probably buy some type of rifle or shotgun, but probably a rifle. I, I, I really, I really want an AR-15. Yeah. The only reason why I want an AR-15 is for target shooting. 
I, I love the target shoot. I haven't done it in years. Uh, I loved it when I was when I was in ROTC in high school. We had a a rifle team, and that's what we did. We went to the National Guard Armory and did target practice, and it was one of my favorite things to do. And that's something I really want to get back into. I'd like to get my wife into it and my daughter. And uh, I, it's not something I really want to do. But I have not completely made up my mind. But I do know this. Whatever I purchase, it's going to come from the Greensboro Gun Show. <laughs> that's what I'm talking that's about. Because awesome. you're not going to let them shut down your gun show, right? No, no, sir. And I, I think uh, I think the, the fact that they even bought up the, the, the idea they they claim they the first thing they claim is oh we don't want to take your guns no no if you didn't want to take my guns this we wouldn't be having this conversation what the conversation we'd be having would be focused on the criminals who commit school shootings the first thing they would do is try to figure out a way to secure the school no no meeting has taken place on that that I've seen not in Greensboro not in a whole lot of other places figure out how we're going to protect the schools number one. Number two, the second thing that needs to take place is a serious discussion amongst educators, amongst politicians, amongst even clergy, members of the community, on the root causes of these shootings mm. and how we can avoid these shootings in the future. That is effective crime fighting. Lazy crime fighting is simply going next door and taking the, the rifles away from law-abiding citizens. That's a lazy and ineffective way of, of enforcing the law. And the only and, thing it's going to do is increase crime. So, Mark, exactly I went and, right. so went and shot my uh, first AR-15 today. Um, I, I, this was the first time I'd ever shot one. And I have to say, a, you know, nothing like what is portrayed on the media. No kick at all to that thing. It was, yeah, it was one of the best things I've ever shot. It was so much fun. Highly recommend yeah. just going out and having some fun uh, shooting an AR-15. It is a blast. Right, and it, it, it is not a weapon of mass destruction. That thing is, it, like I said, it's... Some people have characterized it as a squirrel gun with makeup on. So it's not this big, scary weapon that they use in combat. I mean, it's it's not. That's not what it is. There's been a lot of misrepresentations of it, and just, those things are simply not true. All right. Well, and for people like me, I'm better with a pistol. I'm sorry, but you give me my pistol, and I guarantee you, I could do a lot more damage with my pistol than I could my AR-15. I'm great with my AR-15. Don't get me wrong. But with pistols, you have much more versatile. You can move your arm. You can turn your head. You don't have to move your entire body and keep it locked into your shoulder. So they make this argument on banning AR-15s when the deadliest school shooting in history, which is the Virginia Tech shooting, was right. done with a handgun. Right. And I think that's done intentionally because what they want to do is they want to ban the big, bad, scary AR-15. And then they're going to turn around and say, well, that wasn't effective because the real, the real killer is the handguns. That's what we need to get rid of. Yeah, go to Chicago, out. see what happens. <laughs> exactly. That was one of, that's been one of my arguments also is this. It's a, a police officer now, it's, it's, it's darn near impossible for the police to do their jobs now without being demonized and vilified and called racist. What's going to happen if you do ban all these weapons and then you have to go down into these black and Latino neighborhoods and disarm these black and Latino gangs? You have Ain't to get white police officers down there to do that. What's going to happen? They, they won't even go and try to take those guns. They're only going to go yeah, to the law-abiding so people and take their guns because they'll be I, willing to give them up. Not really. I don't think so either. I don't even think it would be a question of whether or not they would raid those places. They'd just be concerned with uh, Joe Citizen coming down turning in his.
Exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll throw the book at it. Because people forget about what happened in Hurricane Katrina. Uh, they forget yeah. that they actually went into the mm-hmm. good neighborhoods, the rich neighborhoods, knocked yeah. on their doors and and said, hey, uh, do you have any guns? If you said yes, they confiscated them. They didn't go into the hood. They didn't go into you know wow. where the, the gang members were. Uh, they went into the rich neighborhoods, the, the your two-story, uh, seven-bedroom homes, and they confiscated their firearms. And the majority of those people did not get their guns back. Wow. Still haven't. And they still have that, even today. So, Mark, hey, tell us, how can we find you? How do, how do we get one of those shirts? Uh, hashtag I'm the majority. Okay, you can go on uh, on my Facebook page, Mark Keith Robinson. Uh, and there's there should be a link on my Facebook page uh, showing how, how to buy the shirts. They're on there. Uh, and also, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is uh, I am. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. My Twitter ha- Twitter handle is Mark Robinson. Um, I believe it's Mark Robinson NC. That's it. Mark Robinson NC. I just started doing Twitter, so you have to forgive me. I'm kind of still trying to kind of learn how to work that whole thing. No, you're uh, you, no, Mark. You're doing good. Let me tell you. Anytime you get up there and, and as passionate as you were, when you stood before your city council and you told them exactly what you told them without reading from a script. No, sir. Yeah. Uh, no, you're doing right. You're doing good. And we, and we do truly appreciate what you did. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And so I, I hope everyone, you know, can at least, you know, go purchase one of these shirts. I'm the majority. Hashtag I'm the majority. Uh, take a look at that shirt and let them know that when you're out, when you're seeing all these little protests around in, in Austin or Dallas or Houston or wherever you are, you see these protests, you know, grab one of these shirts and say, hey, you know what? I'm the majority also, you know, and I have a right. say so as well. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't mention that at the beginning of the show, but one thing I, I want to continue to say, I feel like a broken record saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it. I am have been so blessed by having so much support out there. I had no, no idea this would turn to this. People have called me from all over the country. People have emailed me, call, called my phone, sent me Facebook messages. For everybody out there that sent me such great encouragement and great words, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I never had any idea this would happen, and I am so humbled at it. And I and I just hope that we can just keep this thing going, and I hope that more people are going to be energized to stand up and, and fight back because that's what we've got to do. Our, our rights are one of the most important things that we have, and we've got to hold on to those rights like a dog with a bone, and we've got to really get out there and get behind from out behind these computer screens and get out here in these streets and these city council meetings and let these people hear our voices. And I thank you for your support. I thank everybody for their support and kind words. And no, sir, we thank you. We thank you for what you do. We thank you for the words that you say. We thank you for standing up and deciding, you know what? I'm not going to stay at home. I'm not going to go to work. I'm going to take a day off, take some time off, and I'm going to go down to my city council, and I'm going to let them know not today. You're not, I'm not going to let you do this without you hearing my say. Well, I, I thank you very much. I, I thank you very much for having me on this program. Like I said, I just I'm just blown away by the reception this has gotten, and I'm, I really hope that this can start a movement that can make some real change in this country. All right, and that's Mark e- Mark Keith Robinson. He's from the North Carolina. There, he says hashtag I'm the majority. So take out, check it out. Hashtag I'm the majority. This is Sit. a good chance to remind people that uh, Texas elections for municipalities are on May 5th. And then also, you know what, Keith. Uh, if you can listen in on on Facebook there, we got a guy that's going to come on right after you. He's going to talk about stand your rights. 
Uh, it's what they're asking on April the 14th, everybody, no matter where you are, uh, whatever yeah. state capital that you're in uh, around the country to go to your state capital and stand for your rights. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that can happen in North Carolina there as well. Yes, I, I believe we do have a rally coming up for that. Right. Um, awesome. I think it's on the 14th of this month. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I yeah. really appreciate you coming on and talk with us. And you definitely have a wonderful rest of your weekend. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Let's change gears a little bit. Let's go to David Clayton. David, he's uh, pushing this movement. Stand for your rights. April 14, 2018, 1 p.m. at your uh, your respective you know, capitals. Uh, let's go to David Clayton. Line three. David, you're on with Come and Talk It. Hello, how are you doing today? Outstanding, sir. So tell us, what's going on? What is this event? What is going to happen on April the 14th? Well, April the 14th, we um, have set up rallies at all 50 state capitals across the country to um, unify the patriots of the country to stand up against the unconstitutional laws that's happening and uh, the ones that's being pushed through legislative. All right, so we're, we're asking people to go to their state capitol on April the 14th and stand up for your rights. Uh, we're saying, hey, we, we need to stand up for the Second Amendment and say that we are, like Mr. Mark Robinson said, you know, we are the majority. Yes, sir, absolutely. And, and, and so um, what message do you want to get out to... there? What's that? What message do you want to get out to everyone? Uh, message I want, is, want to put out is just show up. There's been so many people that has talked about it, and don't. That's not. That's not about it, so to say. They've they've all spoke about unifying with other patriots in the country and standing up for what they believe in, but has never taken the initiative to do it. What we've done is we've built a platform to do so, and now is the time, if ever, to stand up for what you believe in, stand up for our constitution, stand up for our rights, and be able to combat what's happening in our country today um i do i heard the gentleman say he's from north carolina we do have an event there set up um and the contact for there is michael thompson he uh and denise freeman they are awesome people they're the point of contact for north carolina and he can get in touch with them I'm sure they can help each other out of time. Now, you guys reaching out to all the different groups because here in here in this area, we have Lone Star Gun Rights. Have you reached out to them to make sure they're pushing this event as well on the 14th? Because there's a lot happening on that day. Yeah, yes, sir. We have a point of contact up in each state. Okay. Um, the point of contact down there, he's I believe he's listening right now. His name's Skip. All right. Um, so, he's the one that's, that's reaching out to everybody. He's the one that got me linked up with you guys. Right, good. So hopefully, is, hopefully uh, I, I want to make sure to and since Skip is listening, I want to make sure that he reaches out to OCT, Open Carry Texas, because uh, they just had a big, huge Open Carry march down in what was the name of that town? Uh, Olmos Park. Yeah, yeah Olmos down Park. in Olmos Park uh, just yesterday. Uh, so they had over 500 plus people there. So we need to have that same type of movement here at our capital, especially if we need we really need to have it at the capital because the capital, not Olmos Park. But at the Texas State Capitol, you cannot open carry. You can't carry a long gun. They will arrest you on Capitol grounds, and that is totally legal. And so that is where we need to focus that attention, not on this little crap, you know, hole of a town called Olmos Park. I don't care about Olmos Park. I care about my Texas State Capitol. You know, that is where, you know, citizens, we should be able to carry long guns on the Capitol grounds. And for some reason, DPS will not allow that to happen. They will arrest you and charge you with criminal trespass.
So that's something that needs to be addressed. And that's why everyone should stand up and show up on April the 14th for stand for your rights. Um, so o- OCT, uh, you need to talk to definitely Lone Star Gun Rights uh, and, you know, really hit these people up as much as you can. Tag their page in whatever posting that you're doing, uh, because the time is, you know, time is short and, and time is running out. April 14th is almost here. That's just next Saturday. Only got, you know. Just, you know, a few days. few days. Exactly. So we got to get the word out. A lot of people don't know April 14th. Stand up for your rights. You want, you know, when they come knocking on your door, what are you going to do? By that time, it's too late. It's now. It's time now. Like I said, in my classes, people come to class. They say, well, why is the law this way? And why is this this way? And why did this change? And how did this happen? Well, you know why? Because you sat at home and you didn't do anything. You didn't show up at the Capitol. You didn't talk to your legislature. You didn't let them know that this is not this is something that you're. You're definitely concerned about. No, didn't happen at all. So you definitely need to show up at the Texas State Capitol on April the 14th and stand up for your rights. Is that right, David? Yes, sir. That's absolutely right. And so what else are you guys trying to accomplish that day? Any speakers, any special speakers you're going to have here in Texas that people should know about that you know offhand? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't know all the speakers from all the different states. Um I know kind of the speakers here in my state because I'm the one that's uh, coordinating it here. Okay. But each state has um, candidates, constitutional candidates speaking. They have active uh, representatives from each state speaking, all pro-constitutional, all pro-Second Amendment. Um, they're going to have uh, different speakers from different walks of life, from everyday mom and dads that's just willing to protect, wanting to protect their children all the way up to um, – representatives and senators and stuff from the state speaking saying that what we're what is happening now um is isn't right to the american people absolutely all right um and 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 david you know hold on because i'm gonna have you make that announcement about what this event is one more time but when we come back from the break I want you to tell people, you know, the event, what's going on around the entire country, the, you know, the day, the time and all that. And let them know that we come back from the break. When we come back. We're also going to talk with the chairman for Log Cabin Republicans of Texas. We're going to talk with the president of Log Cabin Republicans of Houston. We're also going to talk to the Texas Young Republican Federation and Hill Country Young Republicans, because now is the time to say, you know what, in the state of Texas, The Republican Party in Texas is the largest political convention in this world, and they will not allow log count Republicans to participate. And that needs to stop. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is State Representative Jonathan Stickland, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370. You've made the right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So this week, uh, the SREC met up. First, the committee met up and they had a little meeting to discuss whether or not the log cabin Republicans would be able to have a booth at the largest political convention in the world, which is right here in the state of Texas. And so the committee said no. So then 
Uh, it went to the next step, which was going to the full body of the SREC. Is that correct? And then that vote went out and there's some debate. And listen to a little of this. They run the, con- the, the convention. They're all over the place. They'll be in that exhibit hall. They'll be exposed to that booth. And that, and that, that is, in their little eyes, us promoting a lifestyle that we come firmly believing against our creator God is displeased with this lifestyle, loves them, sent his son to die for them, but is displeased with this lifestyle. Now, there are some people that are pushing back on allowing the law camp Republicans to participate, uh, you know, to just have a booth is all we're saying. Just have a booth at the convention. And we're talking people that are donated time, block walk, um, so much. And you know what? Not only, you know, that little clip we just heard, check out this next clip as well. Listen I think the situation is as this. It's okay if a homosexual or a lesbian wants to be a delegate, wants to be a precinct chair, wants to help the party and everything. But a booth promotes the ideals of the sponsor of what they are about. Two years ago, as I was a treasurer of Bear County, Robert Stovall was encountering the Law Cabin Group, and I did a ton of research on their website in Texas. They have changed their website. They had 14 items, 10 of them were completely against our platform. So this is how the candidate ran just recently as a Republican, but was a Democrat saying the things we want to hear, but voting completely differently. A booth promotes the ideals and the understandings of what the entity is, not what they say. And that's the only thing why I would be a no on this situation. Now, let me bring into the conversation uh, the chairman for the Law Cap Republicans of Texas, Michael Baker. Michael, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. All right, before we go to Michael, um, we're also going to have Marco Roberts. Uh, he's the president for Law Cap Republicans of Houston. Um, so let me go to Michael Baker. Michael, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Thank you, Michael. Good to talk to you today. Absolutely, sir. Uh, so that, man, that's a lot to take in. You know, it's it's a lot because, you know, the Law Cabin Republicans is an organization that believes in, you know, all the conservative values uh, that the RPT believes in. Correct. Um, what I'd like to say um, is, um, you know, the uh, you mentioned it's a booth, and, and there was a couple people that you you, sh- you had on here just a minute ago talking about lifestyle and things like that. But um, what I want to say, too, is yeah, it's a disappointment. It is a disappointment to us. But it's nothing – I've been doing this for quite a long time, as you know, and uh, it wasn't too much of a surprise. What, what I would like to point out here is is – the what what was what would we be doing in the booth you know what what would we have at the booth yeah what opportunity the members the delegates the alternates and candidates and elected officials would have they would have the opportunity to identify who we are have a be able to come up and have have a conversation and get to know us the ones that do not know us you know the, the good news is we've got chapters all over the state and we have been around quite you know 40 years and we've got a well uh, organized organization, um, you know, in the state of Texas, uh, promoting 
they would find out they were promoting the same issues as the party. You know, we've got Christians, conservatives. We we stood up for open carry. You know, we lobbied for that at the at the uh, Capitol, and we you know there, we for pro life, and and we can go right down from immigration and all those big issues that are more important. And this is how they would find out who we are. And it's a shame that they missed out on that opportunity to have to really have a dialogue and understand that, that we really are, you know, we probably are going to agree in even 90%. I'll even throw that number out. You know, some are going to be 80. Some, you know, we always have those, the golden rule, uh, you know, from Ronald Reagan. But, you know, we're not going to agree on everything. But they would probably be very shocked how much we, we are Republicans. And not to forget, this is the part that always throws me, is we're log cabin Republicans. It's in our name. It's who we are. And that's why the people, especially in Texas. Now, you know, you, you know, you may some from a, a blue state versus a red state organizations of log cabin may be, you know, thinking differently, more moderate than others, but not Texas. And we're no different than the average Texan out there, uh, conservative Texas, Christian conservative Texas, as far Texans as far as what we think. All right. And just so, so everyone knows, the log cabin they actually work to build a stronger and more inclusive Republican Party by promoting the core values of limited government, individual liberty, personal responsibility, free markets, and a strong national defense while advocating for the freedom and equality of all lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Americans. And so I want to bring into the conversation Marco Roberts. He's the president for Log Cabin Republicans of Houston. Uh, so, Marco, you know, what, what is your take on all this? Well, uh, I'm sorry I missed uh, the first half of what Michael Baker said, but uh, um, you know, uh, you know, Michael and I are, of course, on the same page. And uh, one of the things that uh, really stuck out at us as we were listening, not just to the clips you just uh, played here today, but also as we were listening to what folks were saying at the, uh, you know, at the at the session yesterday about what log cabin Republicans uh, of Texas are. And it was clear to us, I mean, and, and, I'm, and I apologize if Michael already said this, that they they were painting a picture of log cabins that just isn't uh, accurate. It is not true to what log cabin Republicans of Texas are today. And, uh, you know, uh, and I think that's one of the things that we are going to have to do more in regards to clarify and explain to folks who we really are, because these accusations that I heard that we were really Democrats in Republican clothing – um, and these claims about these 14 right. positions this guy was talking about um, simply weren't true. And so that's part of it. I guess the other thing that struck at me was, you know, that little clip you played about that woman concerned about what their children might see, setting aside the fact that no one has ever said before that just having a booth at the state convention like Texas Solutions, which advocates amnesty, means that that's what the party supports. Setting that aside, it made me wonder, what did she think Lock Cabin was going to put out of the booth that was worse than anything you would see on television uh, or in the general media already? Uh, all we're going to have is literature about equality. We were not going to be describing anything. I don't know if she was imagining picture books or what. So clearly there is a, a, a perception, uh, and perhaps sincere, that does not align with the reality of what law cabin Republicans of Texas are, and we need to address that. And now listen to this little clip right here. This says the Republican Party prides itself in being an inclusive big tent party that fights for the values that make America great. 
We are fortunate to have a strong freedom-fighting advocates like the log cabin Republicans with us. And we stand with you in pursuit of individual liberty, limited government, and equal rights under the law. That is what the RNC has said. What it appears we're saying is we want to put you in a wheelbarrow and roll you over to the Democrat Party because we don't want you in our party. Yeah, because it, it, it's, it's funny because we actually received the invitation from the Texas Democrat Party to come over to the Texas Democratic Party's convention. Uh, the log camera Republicans are welcome to that convention and, you know, with open arms and, and everything. So I, I, it, it, it actually does hurt a little bit, you know. It, it, it does, Michael, it does. and um, it's a bit embarrassing uh, to be put in that position. Um, and um, obviously the folks that voted against us probably don't see it that way. The, the key thing now is that we have got, you know, but, but I guess we should focus on some things that are good. Uh, one of them is, of course, that clip you just played was from Terry Holcomb, who is a very conservative Christian pastor who is not in favor of same-sex marriage. And that's one of the key elements of this new initiative that law cabin Republicans of Texas has taken the lead and why I think that many Christian conservatives, unlike before, even those who disagree with us on some, some items, seem to understand that there's a larger core issue where we all are together on, and that is the idea of liberty for everyone to choose your own path, to live your own life, the idea of individual freedom, the First Amendment, all the Bill of Rights, and property rights. And I think, so even though we lost today, the fact that we got folks like Terry Holcomb, who has an, a stellar reputation within the Republican Party as a conservative Christian uh, person, I think is telling for us, and it means that law camera Republicans of Texas are in the right direction. All right, and tell them your name and, and what your organization with. This is Jason Vaughn. I am the uh, SREC liaison from Texas Young Republicans and the president of Heart of Texas uh, Young Republicans. And I just wanted to say, first off, the, the reason that, that Pastor Holcomb, who's a, a dear friend of mine, um, came around on this issue is because he was able to meet someone like Marco at the Republican Liberty Caucus a few months ago. And uh, he was so impressed with what Marco's doing on religious freedom and on uh, non-discrimination as part of the Freedom First Coalition that is Log Cabin Republicans, Texas Young Republicans, and Republican Liberty Caucus. Uh, that that he really has gotten behind and, and is working with them and has become a real champion of them, even though he is uh, an extremely conservative man um, and, and uh, of faith and, and does not agree with with um, with gay marriage at all. Um, and so that that's just a showing what it what happens when you have the opportunity to meet people and actually talk to people, you can change their mind. And so many people there, have not ever really got to know a, a log cabin Republican. Um, they didn't hear from Marco. Uh, Pastor Holcomb asked for him to come up and speak to the full body, and there was an, a resounding no. We do not want to hear from him. Um, now, this was this this debate had gone on for a while, and some people were just ready to move on at this point. I think, uh, but that still showed they did they had the opportunity to listen to. A, a a board member from the organization and they refused 
All right, and then say, say your name and what organization you're with. Yeah, my name is Felicia Bull, and I'm a board member of the Texas Young Republican Federation. And I actually wrote an open letter to the SREC after the officials vote on Friday. Personally called my SREC members, and I first want to say thank you to Jason and Michael and Marco for being such strong leaders on this because we're never going to be Reagan's big tent if we cannot get our heads out of the sand and start acting like a party. The hardest thing for me yesterday was watching the SREC members testifying and not saying we or us or our organization. It was they and them and their organization. And we are Republicans, period, end of discussion. We stand for individual rights, liberty, the Second Amendment. We stand for... I thought we stood for freedom. Unfortunately, I'm really having to reassess my opinion of the Republican Party at this point, which is hard for me to do. But we have to stand you continue to stand together and fight for inclusion, or the Republican Party is not going to exist in another decade. I won't have a party to belong to. Can I talk about the positives real quick from yesterday? I mean, obviously, yesterday was, was a—the last two days have been extraordinarily frustrating. But I want to talk about a couple of— things real quick. First off, for the first time ever, this was an open discussion. We were able to speak in officials committee. Myself and Marco were able to present, even though we lost badly, James Dickey and Amy Clark have done a phenomenal job um, as chair and vice chair for that reason. And then um, last year on this debate, when they were discussing the policy, we only had three people that voted for an open booth. And while it was a voice vote yesterday, I count about 10 that, that voted that way. Now, that's 10 out of 62. That's really bad, but it's come a long way from last time, and a lot of the people that voted against us are retiring, so maybe we'll get a little different blood next time. All right. Can I, can I piggyback on what Jason just said? Absolutely. Go for it. So to kind of add and to tell, and tell people your name And tell people your name. And yeah, th so this is Marco Roberts from the Houston chapter okay. of Law Cabin Republicans. And uh, so... Really, I think Jason is spot on on this. And one of the things that I, I think that in addition to seeing the fact that there's been a, as you would say, a threefold increase in the level of support. Imagine if that continues. I do think it's a matter of time. But I also want to say one other thing. Hold that thought. Hold that but, thought because when we come back from the break, I'm going to let you say that. You know, the purpose of the convention is to make changes to the platform. You know, I, and people need to remember Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. And then he switched to the Republican Party. And every year we have a Ronald Reagan Day dinner. So we can either continue to have that dinner or we can just change the name to The Last Supper. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County. And you're listening to Come and Talkin'. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so Jason just told me something that I didn't I didn't hear on the video that uh, someone stood up and said, what now? So uh, JT Edwards actually stood up and asked, is there, he made a point of information, is there extra security provided if we get, if we give log cabin Republicans a booth? Now, I'm not really sure what he meant by that. I mean, does he think that Republicans are suddenly 
you know, taken over by the alt-right and are going to become extremely violent if we have somebody there that they, they don't completely agree with. It made no sense to me except for fear-mongering, and I couldn't understand it. But that, that person right there is not a true lover of the Second Amendment, and he needs to be looked at very closely. All I know is that I was at the gun range today, and most log cabin Republicans I know are we're, we're our own security. Thank you very much. That's right. We all pack around here. All right, so let me go back to uh, Michael Baker and Marco Roberts. Uh, but before I go to Michael Baker and Marco Roberts, let's talk to Jorge. Jorge is with uh, Texas Young Republican Federation uh, Club Development Director. Jorge, you know, I'm sorry. We, we've, we've kept you on hold for such a long time. Jorge, welcome to Come and Talk, sir. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, so Jorge, chime in on this. You know, tell us, you know, what is the stance for the Texas Young Republican Federation? Disclaimer, well, um... We do not represent the Texas Young Republican Federation. These are our own personal opinions. Michael always trying to catch us. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my job. All right, go ahead, Jorge. Sure. Well, my own private opinion is that this is more or less a line of sand if we want to either grow as a party or if we want to cease and stop winning elections. I was really surprised that a bunch of the SRC members who are in deep blue districts Voted no. If you're an mm. SRAC member in a deep blue district, you should be doing everything in your power to expand the party and not contract it. Mm. Two years ago, this was an official stance of the Young Republican Party. It wasn't? It was. It was? It was. We did not take a vote on it this time, so we cannot clarify to say it that it currently is, but it unanimously passed as support to say for an open booth policy. All right, and what are your thoughts? Okay, and then let me go back to... Uh, Michael Baker. Um, thanks, Mike. One, one point I'd like to make is two years ago, Metroplex was given a booth, um, and they were a sister organization. Basically, they're gay Republicans, and a lot of them are members of Log Cabin Dallas as well as uh, part of Metroplex. So what's interesting is two years ago, a booth, booth was approved, and I would bet that because I walked by the booth, and I had to look to find it, to be honest with you, because it blended in with every, uh, you know, every other booth there that had the values of and principles of, of Republicans and conservatives. Um, it would not have stood out. And I bet you most of those folks don't even remember the booth um, because there was, there was nothing that would have been um, – that would have shocked people or what they think, you know, whatever they're thinking when they're going to walk by a booth. I'm not, you know, I can't figure that out, you know, some of the discussions that went on, you know, on Friday and Saturday. But so that, that's one point is we, we've already been approved, a, a gay organization at the GOP convention. So it's kind of sad because it's kind of a step, step back. But here's the bigger picture. This what could have been a symbolic gesture of inclusion or bringing the open tent to the party. They you know, missed an opportunity is the way I look at it. But here's the bigger picture, even that. We got midterm elections. What this, you know, someone um, someone mentioned on this, that what implications this could have is what you're doing is, you know, we've got a, thousands of members across the state of Texas, just for an example. And these people get, you know, like disappointed because they, their party's not giving at least a symbolic gesture of all the hard work that they do to get people elected. And so people like what I say to my message, my clear message is to Governor Abbott, Ted Cruz, um, all elected officials. I mean, even our pre, you know, precinct chairs, everybody part of this party is 
it, these people are not going to come out and vote. They're not going to vote Democratic. We're not going to run. You know, most of us, because of our values, are not going to run because we're, that's not our home. We don't fit in there. But we're not going to. A lot of the members are going to not vote, and what that will do. All you need is about three to four percent not vote, and we can lose elections and mm. we can lose uh, control. So that's the big picture: is is really disfranchising our party so much that we stay at home and not vote. And something little like this, you got to look at the picture here. This is bigger than a little booth. It's a. It could have been a symbolic gesture of support and inclusion, and they failed to see that. And so now here we are. Now. Most of us in the, that are leaders of this organization, we we pick up our you know pants and go forward, you know, and we will support the party. We will do everything. We work in the trenches, you know. We've got judges on on election day. We have precinct chairs that have been elected to represent this party and to get people out to vote. Okay, we'll bite the bullet and go forward. But there's a, but I've heard over you know as chairman, the ones I hear it. I hear it's like why you know why am I working so hard? when I can't even get a symbolic gesture. So that's the frustration. But and my biggest concern for the party, because that's where my mind always is, is getting our, our, our elected officials elected, our judges elected, that this is going to be a problem at the, you know, at the voter ballot coming in and voting when Republicans are going to you know, feel frustrated. So that's the message I want to put out to all of our delegates, our party, our elected officials, statewide, local, and everything else. Look at going into this convention, we've got to rally together. And something like this just does not help. All right. And that's Michael Baker. He's the chairman for the Law Cabin Republicans of Texas. And our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. So let's go to line three. You want know, to come and talk it. What you got for us, sir? Hey, Michael. This is Gabriel. How are you, sir? What's going on, Gabriel? And Gabriel is running for what office? Now, I didn't recognize that voice. Yeah. Yes, sir. It is a state representative for House District 46. All right. Well, definitely. Gabriel, welcome to come and talk to sir. So tell us, uh, what hey. are your thoughts on all this? You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a damn shame. I'm going to say that much right now. It is a damn shame that we have grown to such a level that we're saying, yes, come on in, but you can't have a seat at the table. We'll take your money, but you can't come, but you can't come and eat. And it, it, it's pretty bad. And, and I think one of the things that we probably should do and I will start. To, I will start to drive at least with our with our candidates that are running for SREC. Is that two questions? Are you in favor of the log cabin Republicans? And would you support the log cabin Republicans being having a seat at the table at the state convention for the following year? Or ask even this one: If you were on on the uh, if you were on at this time, would you support? Would you have supported them to to come, to be um, have a booth at the state convention this year? I'm kind of challenged them on that part. I know that there was a small number, and the voice vote sucks, but we uh, we need to call them out and challenge them and see what they say. And what we're talking about, just in case you just joined us, we're talking about the the largest political convention in the world, which is the Republican Party of Texas convention, and the log cabin Republicans are just trying to have a booth during the convention, and the log cabin Republicans were denied that booth. The opportunity to have that booth just to pass out literature and to promote the values of the, you know, and, and everything really that the party stands for, you know, and really there's what 90 percent of the things uh, that the law account Republicans, you know, agree on. Well, they actually agree on with the 
Texas Republican Party. You're talking 90%. It's only 10% of the things they disagree on. My goodness. And and those are not even the issues that, you know, that are actually going to be addressed, you know, and, and so we really don't see what the problem is. And that's what we're talking about. See, my I have yeah. a whole my old challenge with uh, as as the SRC liaison is I work with these people and I agree with most of the people that voted against this on 90 percent of the thing. So it's really hard to then to, to I'm not going to try to go against them based on this one issue. It's like take somebody like Mark Ramsey, who is a dear friend of mine who I work with in both the SRC and in the legislature. Uh, he and I agree on almost everything 90% of the time. So I, it's really hard for me to then take this issue and go towards and, and say, don't vote for that guy because of this. But again, people have to decide what they're going to, to choose an SREC based on. And uh, they do need to at least ask the question. And before these things happen, be involved. Get on. Get on Facebook. Know what's going on. This is one times you don't have. You can actually do it on Facebook. Is at least find out what's what's happening and tell your SREC how they should vote. Tell let, if if people just a few people had called and told their SREC and gave them an option um, to vote another way. Many many of them would have changed their minds on this vote. Go ahead, Gabriel. Oh yeah, no, and, and I and I can and I can agree with you on that part. But here's what I'm going to challenge. This is the part of the challenge, is that if there's a person that's running against, and, and I've talked to Mark a few times, uh, and if you find someone that is nice that you agree with 90 percent of everything with, that is, that is a candidate, and then they add that extra caveat of saying yes, you know, what, I would have, I would have supported that. Then we've got to be able to go ahead and find those individuals and say, yeah, if, you can, if I can agree with you 90 percent of the time. And then we add an extra one or two percent. Then those are the people we should be voting for to be in to represent us. And I mean, let's and let's cut to the chase here. The things that we're faced with today, we're talking about the Second Amendment. We're talking about people that are talking about take walking into your home and taking your guns away. So you know, why would you? Why are you concerned about what someone does behind closed doors? We're talking people are talking about coming to your home, taking your gun rights away, and that is the major issue that we're facing with this country. That's going to be the major issue that we're going to face when we go to the Capitol next session. It's going to be about your Second Amendment rights. Can you own that piece of plastic? Can you, uh, that piece of plastic, um, we're actually going to come and take it away from you. You once owned it, but guess what? Now the federal government says it's not illegal. They're going to come and take it. That's what we're talking about. The, this organization stands up for those rights, those rights that we all stand up for. Let's go back exactly. to that. And, I will, and I'll tell you this much right now, Michael. I just came from a forum for the March for Our Lives. I was actually invited to it yesterday. Couldn't make it, so I went today. And granted, it, it was a lot of an echo chamber, but what you said is what they were talking about as well. Oh, absolutely. And they're saying, oh, we don't want to take your guns away. They say that, you know, in other, you know, outlets, but then the main subject is taking your guns away, restricting your exactly. firearms. And, and, yeah, and that was, one of the, that was the scariest part because they're looking at trying to do that. Eddie Rodriguez was talking about doing that at the state level. Oh, and that's not going to happen. Let's go to Marco Roberts, uh, the president for Log Cabin Republicans of Houston. Marco. Just one more thing. And, just, and again, to piggyback now on a couple of things that Jason Vaughn has said, um, you know, after the vote, one of the things that I thought was positive, and I think this is a sign of change, is that, you know, I understand the work of the SRC is difficult. These folks are having to take not just into consideration their personal judgment, but what they perceive are the views, as you guys say, of their constituents. Many of them did take the time, those who voted no, 
to come to me afterwards to try to explain themselves. Now, that may not seem like much, but I could tell that many of them were struggling with this whole concept. And I do think that one of the things that Jason said is something that we at Law Cabin probably need to look at more, which is do some more advanced explanation up front, because I think some of these folks with more time and explanation might change their minds. Uh, and, and so I have respect for folks like Mark Ramsey, as Jason Vaughn mentioned, that uh, I'm disappointed with this. But nonetheless, I think that uh, there's there's a lot that we could do if we had more time to explain what we're really about. And, and lastly, you know, we're encouraged. These folks are not aware of the work that we've been doing. And nonetheless, I think it's encouraging that our Freedom First Republicans Coalition has grown and has managed to get a growing number of liberty-minded Republicans, millennials, <clears throat> many conservative Christians, to join our call to advance the rights of free speech, freedom of assembly, and property rights for all, not based on identity politics or what church somebody belongs to. And when people start understanding that message better, uh, better <clears throat> they join with us. And so I do think that there is both positives that we could see here at this session, progress. And one other thing, the last thing that they told us <clears throat> when they explained why they were voting no or that they were voting no, they said, what we need to do as law cabins is to convince more people of what we stand for before they will change their vote in the future. <clears throat> okay, we are going to do that. All right. And can I, Mike, can I add to that? Absolutely, please. Saying, Absolutely. Um, is here we have an opportunity, you know, as far as having a dialogue, letting, getting people to know who log cabinet members are. Here's my opportunity. Here's my challenge or opportunity to James Dickey and even Governor Abbott, because he's had really ahead of this whole party and everything from the state of Texas. Is set up a session at the party at the convention. Let log cabin members sit there and answer questions. Get to know. It won't be a booth. You don't have to worry about flyers or anything else. It'd be people that want to come in and say, okay, who are these people? You know, we don't know anything about them. We sit there, vote them down and everything else. But they have log cabin Republicans. And so let me get to know them. So my challenge, my, my, it's an opportunity to bring us together to get prepared for the midterm elections, get to know each other. That's what the conventions are for. But give us a space. You know, on the side, it's volunteer. People can come and they can answer. It will answer any question. And this is the chance we get to know each other. So that's my offer. So if anybody, any of our delegates listening, any of our leaders of our party, uh, you know, if they would put that on, allow us to be a part of the party where, you know, it's freedom of speech. We all believe in the First Amendment. This is about freedom of speech and the opportunity to see all sides to an issue, because that's what we do. We're independent Texans. That's how we think. Well, let the voice be heard and let people choose what they think based on the real story of what log cabin Republicans are about. I uh, just want to correct one thing there. The SREC would actually make that decision, not James Dickey. And uh, James has really done a great job being very open and uh, mm -hmm. giving everybody the chance uh, and just really making sure that everybody has that voice there. Uh, so he's done a great job there. And, uh, but if you want to contact oh, no your doubt. SREC no member, doubt. James is great. Yeah, I, I, I think he's great, and he's a, he's a great leader, and he's, he's, his diplomacy is amazing. So it's, it is really the leaders of the party. I mean, he is ahead but, uh, to take direction. But truly, you know, I'm hoping they're all listening to think, really thinking true about, you know, about the, you know, building the coalition of the party so we're energized to come out and vote. 
So I would I would encourage people to do a couple things. Go to TexasGOP.org, look under people, and you can find the entire list and contact of your SREC members. You can find it by your Senate district. Every every Senate district has a uh, a, a state Republican executive committee member man and a and a, an SREC woman. Uh, so you, you'll have those. Those will also be elected at convention. If you are a delegate or an alternate to convention, show up. The last thing that needs to happen is this discourage people that are upset about this from showing up. Because if you show if you don't show up, you don't have a voice. So please be Absolutely. there, show up. And then the last thing is if you can go to wepledgetexas.org, there is a pledge there that is uh, that is opposing unjust discrimination, including for LGBT people. This is uh, it's created uh, by the Liberty Education Forum, and uh, so it's a great place for it's for right leaning people. Go again, it's wepledgetexas.org. Go sign, uh, put your name, put your title on there, and then share it out. Yeah, because we need to put this stuff here beside us, behind us, and really get to what the fight is really about. You know, the fight right now, the, these people are sitting back looking at us and thinking, you know, this is something that's that's actually going to divide, you know, the Republican Party because they're saying, hey, they're coming after us full frontal with full force on taking away your Second Amendment rights. So do you want someone standing beside you and, and help you defend that Second Amendment? Or do you want to say, you know what, because of that one little thing there, I don't want you, you know, to help me in this fight. Well, you know what, you're going to lose the fight if you lose bodies. You're going to lose the fight. And also, there's another clip I want you to listen to. So take a listen to this right here. But I'm concerned that we're going to start acting like Democrats and be scared and need safe spaces. <laughs> it, it appears that there's some concern that somehow this organization is going to come in and change our entire Republican Party, people who have values, who live these values each and every day. Folks, have y'all seen my wife? I'm pretty secure. <laughs> We're not compromising our values by giving them a boost. So, uh, and we have a couple of people sitting here inside the studio, and uh, I want to ask uh, Caleb here to step up to the mic. Caleb is from where are you from, Caleb? I'm from Ghana. You're from Ghana, yes. and 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 you're actually a conservative. Yes, I'm a conservative. I had no idea we had conservatives in Ghana. Oh, the, the, actually, I'm uh, I'm the about fifty percent of the of the population in Ghana is about. Um, as, uh, it's very conservative, and uh, and half of the population is. Uh, lean, lean forward, look look closer. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Hello. Yeah. So um, um, we have about fifty percent of the population in Ghana. Um, they are very conservative, uh, and the other half is also con is like um uh, lean. Um, they lean um towards um uh, democratic values. So yes, yeah, so there a lot of uh, um. Uh, Okay, and then what? what and what do you think about you know this subject that we're talking about? Because you know in Texas, this here, this is actually the largest political convention in the world. Mm -hmm. You know the the Texas Republican Party convention, yeah. and here. So you know, what are your thoughts about this particular subject here? So my thought about this topic is, I think um, uh, we have to provide a, um, what shall I say, um, uh, spaces for people to um, share their values and and. Just I mean, give people their um, the opportunity to have a boot. Like for example, um, it doesn't make sense for you to discriminate against somebody who doesn't believe in your like beliefs. Um, 
your belief system. So by giving it a chance to um to share whatever they have, my thing is we have to um we should be able to allow people to um express themselves freely without any discrimination or without um um some sense of uh, not being able to express themselves. So I think. We all have the right to express ourselves. We have, all have the right to be who you are as a person and let the best, you know, ideas win. You don't have to discriminate, um, discriminate yourself against somebody who um, uh, you don't agree with. So that's my thoughts on this. So, you, so what you're saying is you don't have to silence that voice. You know, mm-hmm. you can still, you know, hear what they have to say and then still disagree with them. Exactly. All right. It's and like that's how um, you, um, uh, you dialogue and, and that's how you um, get to battle ideas and see which one is the, you know, the... Um, All right, let me go back to uh, Marco Roberts. Uh, Marco, uh, the president for the Log Cabin Republicans of Houston. And what are your hey, thoughts? Hey, well, you know, well, I think that, um, you know, I certainly understand when they say things like, you know, we, we have to adhere to the principles of the party. What's a little bit sad, though, is that, you know, and I know that with the process, the way they had it, it went first to a staff and then to the officials committee. And I think to be clear, so if this all would have, none of this would have happened had the original staff, according to their process that they established, had allowed our application to go through. But they said that Log Cabin Republicans of Texas was opposed to one of the principles of the party. But it turns out that that's not actually correct. Um, it, they sort of assumed, and of course, they never explained where they saw this or what they were getting it from. We can sort of, you know, guess, but when they say things like that, we are opposed to traditional marriage between a man and a woman and affirming a con- intact family, well, that's absolutely not true. There's nothing in there that we've ever said against that. And someone would say, well, you support other versions of family. Well, of course we do. But so do Republicans, because Republicans support families headed by widowers or by grandparents for orphans. Obviously, not every family is going to have that. So whether they meant that or not, whatever they meant in the original principles, the fact is the way it was worded, there was really nothing that we were against. And so it's kind of, again, you wonder why they, they decided to apply the rules that way. Also considering the fact that there are other groups who have, are far more against the platform than we are in other ways, and much more clearly, and still they get in. So nonetheless, it goes back to what I said earlier. We have some work to do. And it's not entirely unfair for us to be called to make our case more strongly. And so we're going to take them at the word. I think Michael Baker has made that clear. Um, we're going to be respectful. We're going to move forward. We're going to understand that people have different opinions. But we're also not going to stop making that case. And if what these people who voted no, sincerely expressing to us that they felt the way they did and felt that we need to make our case more clearly, then we're going to take them at their word and we're going to go to the state convention and we're going to find ways to talk to more folks and explain who we really are and that we are the folks that do support the conservative values of the Republican Party, all eight principles from the last state convention, and uh, we are very confident of the majority of the platform coming forward. And Michael Baker? Um, <laughs> Marco said very eloquently. So, we, you know, we look at it as an opportunity. We always do. 
I consider our members true leaders. We, um, you know, we take some hard uh, positions, uh, tough positions to take. But, um, you know, I look at it as, um, I hate to bring this in, but I'm going to Donald Trump. Is You know, he's, he's given us a, a lot of people an avenue to be able to speak our, you know, things we used to say to ourselves that, you know, we, where we've had to fight fire with fire against the Democrats. And let's not forget, I don't forget, I never forget day to day who the, you know, I don't know which, if you want to call them enemy or our opposition is really the Democrats here. And let me tell you, log cabin Republicans, we do not forget that. That is what is on our mind every day is because of our values and our principles, no different than the Republican Party of Texas. This is our focus. And what Marco said is we will take our message, which is going to be ditto to 90 percent of the delegates, and we will have that conversation. But we, we will, if we have work to do, we will, you know, put our faces and our name attached to our organization so they know who we really are. So that's 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 our goal. All right. So that's definitely put this stuff beside uh, behind us. And let's focus on what we need to focus on here in Texas. We need to focus on taking care of property taxes. We need to focus on defending the Second Amendment. There are people that are suffering in this state, and there are issues we need to focus on and stop fighting about this. The people that want to join this fight, they're saying, hey, take our money, let us join the fight and help you help us help each other. You know, we can either, you know, the purpose of the convention, I said it once, I said it again, is for us to get together, start that convention, and then start it everything over from scratch so you can either say hey let's have the reagan day dinner or let's have the last supper as always more guns equals less crime go out and buy yourself a gun you've been listening to come and talk it with michael cargill you can keep your change You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.